The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's go, folks. It is episode 30, season three of the Daily Mission podcast. Welcome back. It is Greg in studio, your host. It's the pregame show, and I wanted to talk about the chalkboard during the pregame show. If you're not on the chalkboard app, it is a phenomenal sports group chat. We've got threads for all sports fans, and I mean, you know, it sounds a little probably tedious, um, you know, at times to hear this, but I really enjoy the chalkboard app. And if you're a listener uh, to the podcast and you're not as active in there, get in there. Like, you know, most nights we're betting, well, I should was my degenerate ass is betting every night, but, you know, get in there, you know, post your best bets, you know, you know, go into the different threads, the different sports that you're following that night, give a narrative. Like it's just such a great group chat. And, um, you know, I really want it to be a staple in everybody's day to at least, you know, a couple times a day, you know, post a narrative, you know, chirp somebody, chirp me, um, you know, nice hairline, Greg, you know, different things like that. I don't care. Just get in the chalkboard and be more active. So, um, you know, that would mean a lot to me. You know, the community in there is so awesome. And, uh, yeah, so download the chalkboard at the intermission board. Unbelievable. So in the pregame show, you know, as these monologues continue and as I search for new hosts and as I do my best to get guests and, you know, uh, the plug that I am, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell the story about my hole in one because it really is a special one. And I'm not sure if I've told it uh, holistically on the podcast, but um, it was two summers ago and um, it was the summer of COVID, I guess. Anyway, we had just started the podcast um, about, I think, six months earlier. Um, And so... I was on the 13th hole at my home golf course. And so that hole is a par three. It's about 155 yards, give or take. I had nine iron. And uh, what it does, it goes directly to the clubhouse. So as you're driving into the golf course, you can see the green. You go actually right beside the green. The 10th tee box is, is, is close to the green as well as the 14th tee box. But the clubhouse is like right there. It's right across the driveway. And there's a big deck. We've got a beautiful clubhouse. The course I play at is, is very stunning. It's a, it's a great golf course for rural Nova Scotia. But anyway, the patio was packed. I don't know what was being hosted there that night, whether it was like a ladies night or, a, you know, a, a, you know, a new to golf, like a swing start type of, um, you know, group setting. But the, the, the patio was packed. And so it, it was quite special for me because I was playing with um, with a, a gentleman by the name of Jason Thibodeau. Shout out to Jason. He, he's a phenomenal golfer. He's one of the better players at my golf club. And I was playing with my little brother and <clears throat> and Taylor hadn't. He hadn't played golf for a while. He was on the provincial team. Like he was a really talented athlete growing up. Things, you know, didn't go, you know, as smoothly through his, you know, kind of his teenage years and into his uh, early twenties. You know, he struggled a bit, um, you know, with life and, and um, you know, I won't get into that totally, but he left the game of golf um, for about six seasons after being, you know, a very talented player. Um, Like I said, playing on the provincial team and, and, you know, playing regularly in tournaments and and really being, you know, having a great swing. And so it was his first summer back and, you know, he really didn't have the confidence to go to Kenwell. And so it was his first summer back having a membership. And so I was playing with those two 
and we were up on the 13th hole and, and yeah, I hit a hole in one and, and you know, what a moment that was. And, you know, for all the golfers out there, you know, you never really know if you're going to get one. And I mean, the feeling that shot through me was just, it was so electrifying, pure joy. I ran, I was jumping around and, you know, I remember the bartender up top, he was screaming down at me, Neil, uh, who I've had on the podcast. And it was just a really exciting moment. And I, I, as I'm talking about this right now, I think I've told it, but you know, I, I try to kind of navigate my stories and, and, you know, things of my past that I can tell on the podcast, but what a tremendous moment that is. And, you know, I guess if you have a, if you have a hole in one story or if you've witnessed one, make sure to uh, drop it in a comment in the chalkboard uh, or, you know, in a comment on the TikTok. I'd really like to hear about your hole in one stories. Uh, but that one's really special to me, um, you know, having Taylor there, <clears throat> you know, he's, you know, full, he'll have, I think he's back into his third season. I got him a brand new golf bag and, for Christmas and he's all fired up. So that was the story of my hole in one. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not always about me on this thing. You know, we've got a lot to talk about in quarter one. We're going to go into the NFL. A lot of, a lot of news in the NFL. It's, I mean, we've had 18 weeks of, of exciting action and now it's wildcard weekend fired up for quarter two. We'll talk about the NBA quarter three. We've got some NHL talk in quarter four. I'm going to start quarter four off with a disappointing rant. I'm extremely disappointed in myself. Um, There's really no excuse for it. I could have swore. Anyway, I'll get into it. But anyway, NFL week 18 has come to a conclusion. And it was Black Monday after, obviously, after the last week in the NFL. Some head coaches will depart from their jobs because they have some unsatisfactory dissatisfied, I should say, owners and, and management. So Lovey Smith was the first to go out of Houston. I do like Lovey Smith. I think he'll, if he wants to be hired in the NFL, he can get a job maybe as a coordinator somewhere. But Lovey Smith went three thirteen and one this season. <clears throat> a lot of talk about what Houston might do in the draft. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of bullish on Davis Mills. That might sound hilarious, draft neck Mills. Um, but I mean, that guy, like I think, like he has some games when he throws for like three thirty, three fifty, and I mean the t- the, the the surrounding um, supporting cast is just terrible. Um, but I guess on that note in Houston, uh, John Mechie, the receiver, uh, from Alabama, um, who was diagnosed with cancer, obviously was drafted, uh, 40th overall last year in the second round. It sounds like he's going to be ready to go for the beginning of the season. So, I mean, if they decide to go with David Mills, there's another weapon for you, John Mechie. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, another interesting case, all of these teams that missed the playoffs. I think that that's, what's so exciting about the NFL is like these prospects from the draft are just ready to go in year one. And so many teams can look so different. Uh, the year after, and then when it's all said and done, the teams that we expect to be good are good. But it, it, it's just such a fascinating league. And Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, uh, fired out of Arizona. So, I mean, I don't know if this comes is a, is a huge surprise. Um, but, I mean, I think that management, I mean, you had to do something. You had to, uh, Kyler Murray, too. Like, that, that signing just looks worse and worse to me. I mean, to give a guy that much money, like a quarter of a billion, like $220 million and to act the way he does and to have management throw in the clause of, you know, having to study the playbook and the video game rumors. And it's just, it's just a kind of a shit show right now in Arizona. And you just don't know if it's going to get any, any better anytime soon. Um, so anyway, Cliff Kingsbury and Lovey Smith, two coaches make their way out. And I'm not sure if there's going to be more firings to come. I don't think, but um it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be a great offseason in the NFL. The draft's packed with a lot of great prospects. And, um, but you know what? We're not going to talk about that until uh, until the uh, the playoffs conclude. Aaron Rodgers, interesting. Uh, so obviously the Detroit Lions, who we were on, hammered the Detroit Lions money line. Um, 
they ended up beating the Green Bay Packers, obviously both eliminated because the Seahawks had won earlier in the day in an absolute grind fest, grinded one out against the Rams. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, after the game, Jameson Williams went up to him asking for his jersey, which I don't think is a... Like, a, a rookie who hasn't established really anything in the league goes up to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and asks him for his jersey. It's a ballsy move. I don't know if I agree with it, um, but Aaron Rodgers said, no, I'm going to keep this one... Obviously, a lot of speculation around if he's going to return or not to Green Bay. Um, my thoughts on it? I, I don't know. Uh, he's just been such a circus act these last few years. Um, you know, just he's he's going to play the unknown game. He's going to spark headlines throughout the offseason. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he calls it a career, to be honest with you. Um, interesting, though, and, and he's on to a new girlfriend. So in the last, since 2017, Aaron Rodgers has dated Olivia Munn, absolute smoke wagon, uh, Danica Patrick, absolute MILF show, um, Blue of Earth, Shroom City, and um, now he's dating the uh, Milwaukee Bucks owner's daughter. So this guy likes to get in the mix. Like, he is on a merry-go-round of women as well. So he is an interesting character, um, but there's going to be a lot, a lot of rumors around Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' return next year. Is he going to retire? You know, what's that look like? But, you know, I, I think one thing's for certain. He'll be chomping on some mushrooms and he'll be thinking about it. J.J. Watt, though, a guy who is for for certain retiring. What a career J.J. had. Um, was he a three-time defensive MVP? I mean, what a, what a career he's had. Uh, tremendous talent. I mean, just such a lovable guy, uh, J.J. Watt. And obviously his brother T.J. is phenomenal. Derek plays. The Watt brothers are awesome. J.J., it's been an emotional week for him. Um, you know, they, they sent him off in a nice way. And, and uh, I mean, a guy that was banged up a ton throughout his career, you know, wore that, that the leg sleeve or the leg brace I should say on his arm and and you know really went through the ringer with injuries but J.J. Watt I mean you know what a career and what a great human being really the poster boy for you know how an NFL player can should conduct on and off the field um you know gives back so much to the community and and I think he was a Walton Painter Walton Pate Walter Payton award winner I do believe see these are all things that when I'm brainstorming my outline for the podcast I should kind of look into but then I'm like, you know what? I know. I, I yeah, Anyway, that's beyond the point. But J.J. Watt, phenomenal career. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy. Uh, he might be looking to get out of Arizona. Um, obviously, a heck of a receiver was suspended six games for sticking needles in his ass this season. But um, I don't think he wants to stick around with Kyler Murray. Although at times they have looked like an, a, you know, a, you know, a reasonable serviceable connection. Um, so we'll see what DeAndre Hopkins does this off season. Um, I, I think he would be great in new England. We haven't really had that premier receiver in new England, but like Mac Jones kind of chucks muffins. If I'm not going to, if I'm going to be completely honest, like he's not really a guy that is going to be able to, you know, give DeAndre the 50, 50 balls. I mean, it doesn't really seem like Mac Jones can throw over 40 yards. Um, so we'll see what happens. And just finally in the news before we get into the wildcard weekend, Derek Carr posted a goodbye on his uh, Twitter and Instagram. So sounds like Derek Carr is going to be traded from Las Vegas. He's still got two years on his deal. Um, and so if he's traded before February 13th, uh, Vegas won't be liable for that money. Um, so it sounds like Carr is going to find a new home and they'll be actively searching to find a new home for him. So, it, it, I mean, there's teams that, uh, don't get me wrong, that will be, you know, thrilled to have an opportunity to have Derek Carr as their quarterback. I mean, you think, I think like Carolina would be a team that would take a shot on him, like Tennessee potentially, if they think that Ryan Tannehill's over the hill. 
Um, I mean, there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. It's just a matter of the, it's just like, do you think he's going to, he can win? Do you think he can bring you on a playoff run? And I think the answer is, is no, but, uh, I I think that he is a a top 32 quarterback in the NFL and that he will be a starter. It's just a matter of where, uh, so Derek Carr will be leaving Vegas, which also sparks a lot of rumors. Like, do we think Tom Brady might go to Vegas? Uh, do we think that Aaron Rodgers might go to Vegas? Cause I'm not sure that they're going to be fully in on Jared Stidham. I would hope not. So just the headlines will continue in the off season. But before we get to the off season and start talking about the quarterback carousel and where people are going to be signing and the trades and the draft, it's wild card weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And Saturday, we've got Seattle and San Francisco. San Francisco opens up as a 9.5 point favorite at home versus Seattle. I'm looking at this game division. Obviously, Pete Carroll, I think he's kind of, I think he's doing this on purpose, but obviously he he's he's not confident. It didn't sound like anyway in his interview, talking about how strong defensively San Francisco is, talking about the plethora of weapons that uh, San Francisco has on offense. Uh, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I'm riding Seattle plus nine and a half in this one. I hate when, when it's just so obvious. And Brock Purdy worries me, man. He hasn't done anything in the playoffs. The pressure is going to be mounted. I mean, clearly he looked good uh, in the regular season down through the stretch, but it's a different pressure. It's it's if you lose this game, you're done. And the pressure of Brock Purdy is going to be massive. And Seattle is just kind of they just like Geno Smith has had such a phenomenal year. They're kind of a gritty team. I I just I'm not I'm not sold that they'll blow them out. So I'm going to be on Seattle plus nine and a half. I know that's going to be a cold take for a lot of people. I know a lot of people are bullish on San Francisco, but I'm going to ride Seattle plus nine and a half. And we'll see what happens. And then we've got the chargers heading into Jacksonville, the chargers minus 2.5 favorites. Again, I don't know if I can trust Jacksonville in this one. I mean, this team has exceeded every expectation anybody had for them. This is a team that two years ago was one and 16 last year. What were they? Three and, and 14. I mean, is, like Are they that much of a Cinderella team that they can go from those two records to being a playoff winning team? I think Trevor Lawrence is phenomenal, don't get me wrong. I think Travis Etienne, I think they've, they've got a bright future, don't get me wrong. But I love Justin Herbert, and I think his weapons are sick. I really like Keenan Allen, I mean Austin Eckler, and I think their defense is gritty as well. I think the Chargers cover this spread. I'm going to be riding the Chargers minus 2.5 in this one. So I'm going to be on both road teams in the Saturday game on the spread. I'm going to stay away from money lines. I can't wait for the Saturday games. But my picks for Saturday will be Seattle and the Chargers. Then we're moving into Sunday. And we've got Miami who have had, they've announced that Tua will not be playing. I just had to look, back, look down at my recording. And I was like, Greg, if you just went through that entire 15 minutes and didn't press record, I, I there's a chance I would have jumped through the window in the studio. But we are good to go. Um, so on Sunday, Miami has announced Tua not going. Teddy Bridgewater, not going. It's going to be Skylar Thompson, the rookie. They're going to be playing Buffalo, and we all know in Buffalo, going to be cold. Minus 13 favorites. I'm going to be on Buffalo, minus 13. I know that might sound outrageous, but this team is an absolute fire wagon. They're playing with heavy hearts. I think Buffalo is the team to bet on in this one. Damar Hamlin, number three. You got Josh Allen fired up. This team is fired up to go on a run, and I think that they pour emotion into this one. I think they come out hot. I think this is like a a 27-10. Like, I think this is a smackdown. So I'm riding Buffalo minus 13 in the first game on Sunday. Second game on Sunday. This one has my head in a blender. 
I don't know which way to lean in this one. We got Minnesota hosting the New York Giants. Minnesota opens up as a three-point favorite at home. I mean, both these teams have the capability to absolutely choke Atlanta Rhodes. Like, I just don't know which way to lean here. I think I'm going to ride with the Vikings. I love Justin Jefferson. I think Kirk Cousins, I think that it's their time to win a game. No Green Bay to ruin their their you know their season. I just don't know if Daniel Jones is that guy. I don't know if he is. I don't know what he's going to look like on the road in Minnesota. I'm going to be riding Minnesota minus three. And then we've got the Sunday nighter, Baltimore heading into to uh, Cincinnati. And again, Baltimore will be without... Uh, um, gosh, he'll be without Lamar Jackson, which, I mean, that's tough. What is going on with Lamar Jackson? We'll talk about Lamar Jackson here for a moment. So, I mean, they thought that his injury was going to be two to three weeks. He still remains out uh, with a little bit of a banged up knee. Clearly, this is a guy that can't just wear a knee brace and sit in the pocket. A lot of the things that Lamar Jackson does is with his speed, with his elusiveness. So, unfortunate for Baltimore. The Bengals clearly are going to win this game. I would be extremely surprised if Baltimore was able to win this. I have the Bengals already. I got them at minus seven this week. The line has moved to minus nine. Um, I still would be confident in the Bengals covering that. I think Joe Burrow is going to be that guy. Uh, he's been trending very well lately. I think the Bengals blow out the, the Ravens on uh, on Sunday night. And then we've got the Monday night, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dallas, minus two and a half on the road. <sighs> Are you fucking kidding me? We're talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady's never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. He's 7-0 career against the Cowboys, and I believe he makes it 8-0. I'm riding with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not even plus 2.5. I'm riding with the Buccaneers' money line because you know what? When people doubt Tom Brady, I don't care his age. I don't care how he looked this season at times. I don't care what that team looked like at times. I think they get organized for this game, and I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this football game. If they can stop Zeke and Tony Pollard, if they can crash and bang and really make it hard for them to run... Dak Prescott knows how to turn the ball over. I really like the, the the Buccaneers in this one, and I'll be riding the Buccaneers. So I like the Buccaneers Monday night versus the Cowboys. Wildcard weekend, I'm fired up for it, folks. So obviously we'll get the chalkboard we'll get the chalkboard humming. Um, I may just release those uh, my those picks every single pick on Saturday. Maybe I'll release them each day. Um, but you'll I'm, those aren't going to waver. I really like those picks, and uh, I'm excited for Wildcard weekend, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
quarter two, episode 30, season three of the Daily Intermission Podcast. It's your host, Greg, and I am talking about the Miami Heat to start things off in the NBA segment because they beat OKC on Tuesday night, and they went 40 of 40 from the line. That's an NBA record, ladies and gentlemen, 40 of 40. So clearly they were absolutely, uh, they were on a heater, but there's been a lot of records being broken. It seems like almost every single week in the NBA, there's a new stat line or a triple double or, you know, it just feels like a lot of accolades in the NBA. One, there's a lot of them because it's a very statistical driven league. I mean, we think about how many stats you can talk about in the NBA with points, rebounds, assists, steals, uh, you know, offensive, defensive boards, turnovers. You know, there's just a lot of things, you know, uh, you know, mid-range shots, three-pointers. There's just... You know, there's a lot of different statistical categories that are tracked in the NBA, and it just seems like there's a lot of of records broken and and new milestones set every week. And and uh, the Heat obviously won with uh, with uh, you know a, a perfect game essentially from the line, forty for forty. Uh, they only won that game by one. Uh, I'm going to talk about later on. I, I I was kind of you know navigating how I wanted to talk about the NBA this episode. And I did want to talk about some of the bottom feeders um, because they're just such dog water. And, and one of them is is OKC. I actually don't get into them, I don't believe. But um, obviously it sucks because uh, Holmgren, uh, Chet Holmgren, uh, went down for the year. And I, I, he's an exciting prospect. Obviously went second overall last year. Uh, Shay, Shay Gilgers-Alexander and, and Dort and Giddy. Like, I do like OKC. I think they've got a lot of young guys. And, and uh, I think it's going to be an exciting team to follow. Just obviously, you know, this year's and next aren't going to be their year. Donovan Mitchell. I had to talk about Donovan. So uh, I'll shout out to, to Eddie Witt from the Chalkboard app. So uh, I actually didn't even... I usually take notice of these narratives because I love a, a, a guy returning to the team, especially a superstar returning to returning to a city which traded him. And uh, Donovan Mitchell coming off a 71-point game a couple weeks ago went into Utah um, and the over was set at his points at 29.5. Are you fucking kidding me? 29.5? The guy dropped 46. Went back to Utah and said, boys, <laughs> remember me? Drop 46. I really like this this Cleveland team. Um, they're a phenomenal, they're going to be a playoff team clearly in the in the East. And and Donovan Mitchell has just been such a stud. Darius Garland as well as a freak. Uh, I mean, come on. Th- this Cleveland team is really fun to watch. I, I, I was wondering too, like, is that a team that LeBron might circle and be like, hmm, let's circle back and, and head to Cleveland. And then, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see where LeBron you know, meets up with, with Bronny to play a full season. But I mean, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers have been just a, just a phenomenal team this year to watch, uh, the Toronto Raptors. So we talked about a little bit last episode about what their future looks like and, you know, what the rest of their season may hold, um, kind of find themselves on the brink of the play in, but you know, it's kind of at that point in their season where Masai Ujiri and and Bobby Webster have to decide, you know, what direction we want to go. Do we want to, you know, sniff out Victor or are we looking to get into the play-ins and maybe make a little noise? For me, it's, you know, what's the point in, in, in battling it out for the play-in um, and get a worse draft pick? I would I would sell, uh, but it was announced that Otto Porter Jr., who's only played eight games this year, obviously won uh, last year with <clears throat> uh, with Golden State, played a little bit in, in Chicago and as well as uh, Washington. Uh, but Otto Porter out for the year, um, I just think it's time for them to move on for some guys. And I think Fred Van Fleet's right at the front of that pact. I mean, he hasn't really had a great season. I know he's beloved in Toronto. He's just, he's that dog. He's the kind of the Kyle Lowry 2.0 to that organization, but he just, he just doesn't have it this season. And I think that you'd be able to get a decent package. He would be a nice addition to a team that's looking to make a run some depth in the, in the, um, in the backcourt, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. They're a very interesting team. 
and I'm not just following them and, and talking about it because I'm Canadian. I really do think that that is a captivating story right now in the NBA is the Toronto Raptors and what they're going to do in the next few weeks. Uh, if they're going to try to add or if they're going to sell the wheels off the farm. That, that doesn't make much sense. Sell the wheels off the tractor. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the Spurs are set to break the attendance record tomorrow versus Golden State. So they're playing in a in a unique stadium. I forget the the Al- the Alamo the the Alamo Dome, the Alamo Dome. Anyway, it's going to be a 68,000 person crowd. That is absolutely electric. Um, so they've set up the court there. Um, so they're going to break the attendance record. I mean, that's phenomenal uh, for an NBA and especially for the Spurs who are absolutely dog shit uh, to be breaking that attendance record. Obviously, Golden State getting healthy. So I expect them to, to win some games and I'll be all over the Golden State in the spread there because you know that the Splash Brothers are going to be looking to put on a clinic there. Um, so we'll be on Golden State in that game. But yeah, exciting that they're going to break the record, uh, the San Antonio Spurs for an attendance record to an NBA game with projected around 68,000 people in the house. So, I mean, obviously the NBA continues on and, and I could update you guys in the standings, but you're all well aware, you know, what teams are doing well and what teams are, are not. But I, I did want to talk about the teams that are not. Um, you know, Houston sitting right now at 10 and 31 at the basement of the league. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, who are without Lamella Ball, uh, who, who was banged up at the beginning of the season, are 11 and 31. Um, and Detroit, I mean, the Pistons have been beyond dust. I mean, it would be really tough right now to be a Detroit sports fan. We get the Lions, who are perennial losers. You get the Tigers, who are just terrible. Uh, you get the Red Wings, who are trending, but still not you know what they once were. Uh, and then you get the Pistons. So, I mean, it's, it's really tough right now in, in Detroit, Michigan. Um, but let's talk about Houston here. Um, you know, they've obviously got uh, Jabari Smith. Uh, last year, uh, third overall pick, and uh, had Jalen Green as well, second overall the year prior, and they've got three first round picks coming, <clears throat> three first round picks going. I, I, I do enjoy Jalen Green. I think he's a great talent. I just what, what's Jabari Smith going to be is my question. And what is you know what what do they do with those three first round picks? But it, it I mean it is tough to rebuild in the NBA. I mean. You know, it, 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 you really have to get a, a, a you know a superstar uh, in the making to to be competitive, and and that those Houston Rockets, they uh, since James Harden has left, they have been fucking terrible. And the Houston, oh, and the Charlotte Hornets. This is a team. Can you imagine if Victor goes to Charlotte, Michael Jordan's team, that'd be phenomenal. You got Lamelo, you got Gordon Hayward, you got Terry Rozier. I mean, that would be an exciting team to throw Victor Wembanyama in the mix. Um, but they're 11 and 31, and I think that they should kind of, you know, you know, m- maybe monitor Lamelo's minutes, you know, monitor some of the big guns, and really, I think Kelly Oubre is still there as well. But I think he's banged up right now. But I mean, that's a team that that could be a fun team to watch if they ended up getting Victor. Um, but yeah, I mean, these teams are just, you know, compiling draft picks and and they do the right things. Um, OKC obviously has a bunch as well, but I mean. When you don't have these like generational superstars like a KD or a LeBron or you know a Luca, but you know it, it is really hard to turn around the franchise. Um, so we'll see what happens with these guys. Obviously, they're just they're they're in full tank mode. These guys are going to have great great shots at, at getting Victor. Um, and I'll do my best to to do some research uh, for next episode or for episodes in the future on on the upcoming prospects. That will be a big kind of uh, I guess March topic of discussion once we get into the March Madness. Who should we be watching? I'm excited for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's move into quarter three, ladies and gentlemen. It's the NHL, and I had to start things off by addressing this. Um, I was completely embarrassed. I actually sent uh, the, the producer on, on uh, Live on the Line, Brandon. He's a really nice guy. He sent me an email the next morning. He just said, Greg, you know, I hope all is well. You know, we're hoping to get you in the mix a little bit more often. And, um, you know, I'm glad he sent that because I was like, listen, I, you know, I, I love doing 
uh, the TV hits. Uh, I won't lie, like I, I'm a nervous wreck beforehand. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's really interesting. I don't know if I've walked you guys through what kind of happened. So uh, I Skype in, and uh, I, I come on probably like three minutes beforehand. I watch a bit of the show. Um, and then they go to commercial and then once they come back off commercial, uh, I'm on live, uh, I'm on live television. So, um, so what they do is, is the producers kind of behind the, the scenes in my ear, uh, through my laptop and they're kind of like, uh, all right, Greg, you know, you know, three minutes <clears throat> and then two minutes. And then the countdown is like, all right, 20 and then the 10 through one, I'm fucking full on shitting my pants. And it's, and it's not because I'm overly nervous and I'm not prepared, but I, I want my narratives to be clean. I want to be able to talk fluidly uh, and fluently. And, and um, you know, at times, you know, I was really rusty this time. I hadn't done it in a few months. And anyway, it, it's a really it's a really fun thing to do. So I'm glad they're going to have me on uh, more frequently and, and have me on just even periodically. I really enjoy it. I think it's really beneficial, um, you know, not even the exposure for 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 the brand and, and for the daily mission. But I, I just enjoy talking about sports. Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, I should listen to the show every once in a while uh, due to the versatility and due, you know, due to the, you know, all of the sports that I follow uh, to give a narrative. But so obviously the, the Philadelphia Flyers on Sunday, they flew into Toronto or Toronto flew into Philly and beat the wheels off them six two. So on Monday night, um, they were heading into Buffalo and, and, you know, Buffalo has really jumped off the page. They've got some emerging superstars in, in, in Tage Thompson and, um, you know, Dylan Cousins is phenomenal. And, and, um, you know, I just really like their team, Alex Tuck. And, uh, obviously Rasmus Dalin's been phenomenal. He's in the Norris trophy race. And, uh, you know, they've, they've had the second best power play in the league. They've scored on average the most goals per game. Like I just was like, okay, well, Philadelphia is really not in good shape. Their team's banged up. They got John Tortorella was probably losing his fucking mind at them after losing six, two, like, I mean, what type of game are they going to be bringing into Buffalo? And Buffalo is a highly powered offense. Like, they can score goals. And I was like, okay, like, I, I like Buffalo in this one. So I, I took Buffalo uh, minus one and a half. It was plus odds. Again, I like giving plus odds out or, or at least even odds on the TV show because you're not going on a TV show and giving like a minus six, 160 pick and it loses. And you're like, huh, sick, buddy. Um, but they ended up getting dusted. And I was like, fuck. You know, I, and then I obviously took the, the Oilers as well, and they got dusted. So I, I was not feeling great uh, that night. But uh, the next night, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We got Seattle, who's who's gone through the ringer. They've played Toronto. They've played Montreal. They've played Boston. Like I'm throwing Seattle on the, or I'm throwing Buffalo back on the bet card to take down Seattle. Like Seattle's been going through it. They're on a nice hum and run here, but that's going to come to an end. And I think Buffalo bounces back. Like they 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 kind of revert back to the statistics that I talked about on TV. Like I think that they can win this game. They got dusted. And I'm like, holy fuck. So, like, I'm not betting on Buffalo for a little while. They're obviously a team they went on a seven-game losing streak earlier this season, but fuck, they fucked me this week. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, interesting story here. So, they've blown more leads, more multi-goal leads in the first half of the season that's ever been done in the NHL. I mean, I was watching that game versus uh, the Pittsburgh on, on uh, was it Tuesday night? And... I mean, Pittsburgh was all over them. It was one of those games where, like, Pittsburgh would get, like, a two... They would have two minutes in the offensive zone, and then the first opportunity down the ice would be a goal for Vancouver. And so Vancouver was up 3 nothing in the first, and I was, like, just even watching the game, I was like, Pittsburgh is nowhere near out of this game. So they flipped the goalie. They took out Casey to Smith. They threw in whatever backup they had going that night. I think Tristan Jari's still out from the shot that he took in the uh, Winter Classic. But, um, but they blew the lead. It, it, they lost 5-4. It was unbelievable. So... I mean, the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, they are jammed up against the cap. They've signed up a bunch of guys who, you know, are are they franchise guys? Who knows? Like, they gave JT Miller all this money. Um, Brock Besser isn't the player they expected. They're going to end up trading their captain, their best player, at the deadline, which whatever team gets Brock Besser, look the fuck out. Um, 
but it's just they're going to be just a team to follow because there's going to be a lot of noise and they're going to fire Bruce Boudreaux. I can almost guarantee it. Um, and, uh, you know, you just have to, it's just been poor management, uh, especially too in this cap era where, you know, it's just, it, things just look worse and worse for the Vancouver Canucks. So, and that market is loud. Obviously remember Boston beating the wheels off them in game seven and then absolutely burning the city down. Literally. Um, the Seattle Kraken too, obviously I know they, they, they've been on an absolute heater, but I did want to give them a shout out. And I mean, this is an expansion team that we, we didn't really know what to expect a lot from last year. Um, you know, they, they come into the league and, and, and they're coming, they're the second friend, they're the second uh, kind of modern day expansion team behind Vegas and Vegas, you know, how we, how they use their rules and really rinse the league and the league, a lot of teams were giving them players who ended up being good players plus draft picks for them not to take players. Um, but the, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights really had a friendly expansion um, you know, set of guidelines and, and the rubric was nice for the, for the, for the Vegas Golden Knights, but Seattle didn't have that play uh, that, um, didn't have the gosh I, i'm just I lost for the the word that i wanted to use there but they didn't have uh you know the same set of circumstances that uh that, that vagas had so you know they were obviously you know a, a terrible team last year but this year they've been phenomenal man this maddie Beniers guy uh you know this this rookie he's on the top line he's an all-star he's probably going to be win the rookie of the year obviously you bring in burakovsky from from colorado um, they're playing on the top line with Jordan Eberle, and it kind of just bumps down everybody. Yanni Gord, instead of you know him playing in the top six, obviously we remember him from winning the cup, the first cup with Tampa Bay. Um, now he's down in the lineup a little bit in a third line role. I mean, they just have a lot of just a lot of kind of like speed, and, and they play fast, and, and they're the best you know uh, second period team in the league. I think statistically in terms of goal scoring, and they've gotten really good goaltending from Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer uh, went down, and and uh, Chris Dreger, uh, remember him from Florida? He's on the IR, and I mean they just they just seem to be clicking as a team, and, and Dave Hextall, their coach, just seems to. to to you know, press the right buttons for for Seattle night in night out, and and they're in second place in the Pacific, and you know they've been just a, a pleasant surprise. You know, has a lot of you know teams in the NHL, and, and I would conclude Buffalo, and or I would include Buffalo in that uh, that conversation. But Seattle, you know, I wanted to give them a a, uh, a shout out, and I hadn't watched them much um, before they played um, the. Um, Gosh, before they had played the uh, the Sabers the other night, and, and they were good. They, they you know they they play fast, and and uh, I was impressed by the Kraken. So, um, you know, shout out to Seattle for for having a real bounce back year and a nice uh, year to to give that city uh, some promise moving forward. Um, Continuing out west in that Pacific Division, uh, Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, they're close to panic mode. Uh, you know, both these teams at the current time sit outside of playoff spots. Um, I mean, I, you'd have to think that one of these teams is going to miss the playoffs. I mean, with Vegas humming, LA's humming, Seattle's in third now that I think of it because LA's in second. But I guess you could see that Seattle would regress a bit to miss the playoffs. But do you think that both those teams catch LA and Seattle? <clears throat> I don't think they're catching Vegas, either of them. So, <clears throat> you know, you'd have to think that Calgary or Edmonton, one of those two teams is missing. And being a Canadian market, a team that's been expected to, to make the playoffs, it's going to be an absolute shit show. Um, you know, I, I hope for, you know, my betting sake, uh, that Calgary's the one that missed the playoffs, but I mean, these are two teams with a lot of, you know, firepower and I know we're only halfway through the season and a lot can change. Maybe they do both make the playoffs. Maybe the Kings come back to the pack. And I think that Seattle is the team that, that may end up dropping out of the playoff race just in the fact that, you know, obviously, you know, I just pumped their tires there for a few minutes, but, um, they are a team that's still young and a, a team that still needs a few pieces, I think, to be competitive in the playoffs. But yeah, Calgary and Edmonton, I, I don't really know what's going on. And you know, Daryl Sutter's losing his fucking mind. And, um, 
And, you know, I think that McDavid and, you know, he could just, he, he'll just, you know, will the way for the Edmonton Oilers to get in the playoffs. Um, another team that should be very worried is the Colorado Avalanche. They find themselves right now at sixth in the Central Division. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like panic mode right now because we know how strong Colorado is. And it just seems like no matter what place they come uh, in the dance, they can kind of make some moves. And obviously they're starting to get more healthy. Nathan McKinnon's now back. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they've got some games in hand, but they've got to kind of turn it on here soon. You know, you, you can only expect uh, or foresee them to make noise until they've run out of time. So that's a team that, you know, we'll be watching and it's probably a team that we should start betting on more frequently. And the odds aren't always great on the Colorado Avalanche, but that's a team that uh, we should look into uh, into betting on because uh, obviously sitting at six, they sure, they'll probably be going on some win runs. Um, I just wanted to know too, uh, we're a few weeks away from the NHL All-Star game that's going to be held in Florida. Um, and, and there's some rumors that there's going to be some golf um, kind of themed events. So that's going to be a lot of fun watching these guys swing. Um, I know in the NFL Pro Bowl, they're going to do a long drive contest. Unreal. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens in the NHL All-Star game. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what goes down uh, in terms of the uh, the golf events uh, and, and what, uh, what they might be pulling off there in Florida. <clears throat> But uh, that's going to conclude the NHL talk. Obviously, so there should be some trades um, start to heat up uh, here in the next few weeks um, as we get into February, uh, definitely, and then obviously the deadline in March. But uh, I'm really excited about the NHL, um, and uh, we'll continue to monitor all of the news. Quarter four. Don't really know how to say this, guys. I forgot to fucking submit, submit Tom Kim. And I, I am... Like, 100% certain I had Tom Kim locked in on Monday. Like, I fucking know I did. And I can't believe that a good friend of the show, Jacob McNaught, messaged me, my good buddy, and he's like, Greg, like, you know, why didn't you, you didn't put it in a pick? And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean I didn't put it in a pick? I checked, I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't put in a pick. And I want Tom Kim so bad this week. I've got money on Tom Kim. I've got him in DraftKings, which, by the way, my DraftKings lineup's not looking very good. Um, But... I mean, I was just, I'm devastated that I'm going to be missing out this week. Obviously, I had John Rahm last week, so it's not too much of a burden because I do have a win under the belt. Um, okay, okay. So, right now, as it currently stands, so I'll tell you about my DraftKings lineup. Obviously, in the one and done, I took um, I took Tom Cam. It's funny, my dad's in the one and done. And my dad, he's a, he's a casual sports fan at, at best. He's a big-time Boston Bruins fan. Uh, At one time, he was probably a huge sports fan, but he doesn't devote too much time to it. He'll give you a narrative, but it's not backed up with much education. Uh, And and certainly when it comes to golf, my dad does not know much. Like, he'll know the big guns, um, you know, the Rory's, the Speeds, the Thomas's. But in terms of, like, the depth guys, like, he's not... So I was expecting my dad, so he's texting me, and we go to the gym every uh, every morning together. So I was talking to him at the gym, and he's like, yeah, I forget who I'm picking. And I I was like, well, like, was it, like, Hideki? And he's like, no. I was like, Spieth? He's like, no. I was like, Corey Connors? He's like, no. I was like, well, who the fuck did this guy pick? Like, it's not like he's just going to, like, sprout a guy out of the field. Anyway, so he texts me later on that day. He's like, I'm riding Taylor Montgomery. I'm like, how the fuck do you know Taylor Montgomery? He's like, well, I was looking at his statistics. Anyway, I got a good laugh out of it. So I'll be monitoring Taylor Montgomery because my old man's on Taylor Montgomery this week, and I was having a good laugh. Um, but my DraftKings lineup this week is Adam Svensson, Russell Henry, Lucas Glover, Ryan Armour, Keith Mitchell, and Tom Kim. Um, so we'll see what happens. It might be a chalky lineup. And I know DB from the Tour Junkies. Um, if, you, if you're a real big golf junkie, listen to their podcast. They do a great job. I know they were bullish on Stuart Sink. He's right now tied for the lead with Troy Merritt. I think Troy Merritt's still using a yes putter. What a classic. Um, but there's some guys at the top of the leaderboard here. As it currently stands, as I'm recording, Doc Redman, 
Chris Kirk, Cam Davis was a guy who's had some success here. Brennan Steele as well. So, so there's some guys here that have done well in the past that are climbing up the leaderboard. Maverick McNeely's in the mix. Adam Svensson, who came seventh here last year. Jordan Spieth's right there. I think it's probably playing pretty tough today because there's some there's a lot of the field over par right now. And maybe that's just the fact that it's, uh, you know, a, a par 70 and there's all the Billy Horschel plus three. Hate seeing that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I, and too, if you're a podcast listener and you're not a huge golf fan, like I, I, I really promote it because, um, it, it's just, it, it's really fun to bet on it and really fun to, to have like a DraftKings on it for, because it, it starts Thursday, usually in the morning, obviously in Hawaii right now. So not till the mid afternoon, but it gives you Thursday to Sunday with at least something to follow along with all day long. And. I mean, I, for me personally, it's going to be a very cold take, but golf is like maybe one of my favorite sports to watch. Like I, it's just so impressive what these guys can do. And I think you really have to be a golfer to, to, you know, appreciate what these guys do week in, week out and, and how good they are. But I really enjoy watching golf and the different courses they play and you know, how they, uh, how they attack each hole. But, um, but yeah, if you're not into golf, I would, I, I highly recommend you try to get into it. And if you need help getting into it, Netflix has announced that the full swing it. So that what they did last year is they followed the PGA tour around all season long, a bunch of players, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Jordan Spieth, um, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Ian Poulter, a bunch of guys that went to live, which is going to be interesting. Uh, but they followed them all season long, their lives, their behind the scenes. I cannot wait. And I think that that is really going to help bolster the fandom of the of the PGA Tour and they've already re-upped for season two so I was fully erect when they made this announcement yesterday uh again friend of the show Jacob McNutt sent me the the link I had to post it to the story because I'm so fired up about this um it's going to be amazing like it's going to be a complete binge watch like it's going to be a full-on like 10 hours straight there's no way I'm not going to con- I'll probably watch it twice to be honest with you so excited for full swing on Netflix so again if you're not a huge golf fan this is going to be a way to kind of get the ins and outs of golf and, and the char- the different characters involved. And, and it really is going to be something. Uh, I know they've done a great job with it. So can't wait. February 15th. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen, I appreciate you guys. I love all you guys. Thank you for tuning in once again. Um, make sure you're on the Chalkboard app. Make sure you're subbed to the YouTube page. Make sure you're on the TikTok, the Instagram. Um, and uh, let's continue to, to, to fight forward. I appreciate you guys. And, uh, and we'll be in touch soon.